0: Well, good morning everyone. Thank you for joining us for another Sunday of Church at Home. If it's your first time, uh, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Albie Powers, one of the pastors here at Elm City Church. And again, really excited that you joined us uh, online for Church at Home. A few years ago, Simon Sinek, he wrote a book called Start With Why. It was actually a great TED Talk as well. And as I was writing, I was thinking, I was like, actually, I don't know what came first, the TED Talk or the book. So I'll have to kind of Google that to get the answer to that age old question what came first, the TED talk or the book. But uh, he started off his TED talk by drawing a picture. Uh, This picture right here with three circles that started with what, how, and why. And he said that most people, when they talk about their organization or their product, they start with what? Uh, This is what it is. This is uh, how we make it or how we do things. But what he pointed out a lot is that a lot of people And a lot of businesses organizations don't know their why they don't understand the compelling why behind why they exist or why they make their product etc and knowing your why it's it's so important because it really influences everything that you do or it's the compelling reason why anybody would care about what you do and i was reminded about that this week when it came to the church on when i was on a call with a group of pastors and the guy who was moderating it you know, he was, he was talking about, um, you know, the season of church ministry during COVID-19, both the challenges and the unique opportunities that, that we have. But his opening question that he started with with us was essentially, you know, what did Jesus really call us to as the church? Uh, another way of saying this is basically, do you know your why behind everything that you're doing? Because it's so easy to get stuck in the what the how, it's it's you know it's so easy to just to just stay there you know especially when it comes to even church services, um, you know, w- what do we do? Well, we're a church, and uh, one of the things we do is you know put on a worship service every week. You know that's that that's pretty simple, and the next question of the of the how is you know would be for us like oh what are your what are your services like what do they look like, and before COVID. Happened. I think we'd actually gotten pretty good at the how. We had a great kids ministry. Justin and the in the, the worship team um, led us in, in music every week and in, in fantastic ways. Uh, we've been working on our building, and it's kind of the point now where we have created a I think a pretty welcoming environment. Um, you know, got our sound system up to date, all that all that type of stuff. You know, usually the teaching is at least is at least palatable. Um, we had gotten our how down, and then COVID hit. And we had to change our how all over again and put all our Sunday mornings online, which you know, you're, you're watching right now. And now we're kind of in this weird middle stage where we're both still doing church at home and a version of starting to gather in person. And I thought, you know what, both based on our passage and in this time, this is a really great opportunity, whether you're you know, watching online or considering starting to join us as we gather again in person, to think through this all important why question. Why do we gather? Why do we meet? Why do we do anything that we do? Um, I know Justin and I and Abby and others behind the scenes we have been racking our brains and having planning sessions trying to figure out the how as we go into our in-person gatherings. You know, our first few services we're having outside and so there's been a lot of, all right, how do we set up the music? And how do we do singing? And how do we keep the chairs lined up so there's distancing and how do we project the lyrics, and how do we put up tenses and enough shade, you know, there's how, hows all over the place. But in all of that, it's really easy for us to lose track of the why. So let's just think about this for a second. Why are we doing everything that we're doing? Even why are you watching? Why are you watching this? So I'm going to share three, this morning I want to share three important whys to help answer that, answer questions like, why does the church exist? Why do we even have a service, both online or in person, and why should you participate? And the first one I think is pretty, uh, really important to remember is this. The first reason why we do anything that we do is to glorify God. First Corinthians 10, 21 says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So when we gather together, whether it's in person or online, It's to give God glory. It's not primarily about us, it's about God. So we we wanna do everything in a way hopefully that glorifies and honors God. Because it's him that's being worshiped, not us. Uh, I know I tell a lot of stories about my kids, so in being consistent with that theme, I'm gonna tell a story about my kids. And my daughter Nora, she is six, and last Sunday, so last Sunday was Father's Day, and she had a very specific vision for how Father's Day was supposed to go. And let's just say there were certain elements of the day that were not going according to her plan, which put her in a foul mood. So we got a chance to talk and I kind of asked her what was wrong. And I got this whole list of things that did not happen the way that she wanted them to happen on Father's Day. And I kind of sat down with her and I was like, but Nora, you know, Father's Day isn't about you. It's about dad. Don't you know that you're supposed to do, in everything you do on Father's Day, do it all to the glory of your dad? <laughs> kind, of, kind of just joking, but it gave us, but it, it just gave me this opportunity to be like, listen, today is not about you. It's about, it's, it's day I get to be selfish and not feel that guilty about it. Uh, but we can do that with church all the time. You know, we can make it all about us and forget that its primary purpose is to glorify and worship God. You know, this, really, this is one of the reasons why a lot of traditions call it a worship service. Because we're coming together to worship and glorify God. The second reason that we gather is for each other's encouragement and growth. Let me read for you Hebrews 10, uh, 24 through 25, which goes, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So why else do we gather and come together? It's for other people's encouragement and growth. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a responsibility every time that you gather, whether it's online or in person, and it's this, to encourage each other and to spur each other on to love and good deeds. Because the New Testament has no concept of spectator Christianity where you just come and, and sort of and just sit and, and don't really participate, engage, and just kind of consume uh, a service. Like a spectator shows up to an event to watch. But I think this is why Christians are almost exclusively called disciples in the New Testament. So here at Elm City Church, our definition of a disciple is it's someone who's intentionally following Jesus, becoming more like Jesus, and is practicing the way of Jesus together with others on mission. And so a disciple you know, isn't a fan out in the stands, it's a participant. So when we gather, you know, our responsibility to each other is to consider how to stir up one another's love and good works and to encourage each other. And I was thinking about that as just with this why do we meet? And that totally changes how you answer the how was church today question. And I'm you know, putting myself in that category because I get asked that a lot. And so you can kind of go on a couple of different extremes. Someone asks, how was church today? You can go, oh, if it was a good, was a good Sunday, like, oh, man, the music was incredible. God spoke to me through the service. The coffee was hot. Um, I, I was able to sit in my seat. Man, church was just, it, it, it finished early, so I got to go home. Like, church was just awesome today. Um, you know, that's, that, that's one way you can, you can mention. Or on the other end, it was like, eh, it's all right. Albie went super long with the sermon. Justin played that song that I'm just sick of hearing and somebody was in my seat. Okay so it was average at best. You know we we can kind of run it through those grids but but imagine uh, on that really good service if you change your metric of you know what the music could have been awesome, the the sermon could have been delivered you know just right but did it spur you on to encourage somebody? Did you? push you know towards love and good deeds where you were an encourager that morning because you know that's more of a metric of what was it a good gathering or not uh you know this this is i'm sure naively optimistic but wouldn't it be great you know if someone asked you how was church today and you got to answer something like it was great you know i talked to tim after and i was able to encourage and pray for him you know during the music i was just struck by how amazing god's love for me is and after, I had someone come up and encourage me and, and and pray for me, which just really, really made my day. And, you know, I went out of my way to invite someone out to lunch next week. You know what? I cannot wait for next week so we can gather again and worship God so that I can, you know, be an encourager and hopefully get encouraged. Like, I know that's kind of naively optimistic, but man, that's that's the big why and why we're gathering. Because... And that final part of not neglecting to, uh, to meet together, what he says, part of the reason why the writer of Hebrew says that is you can't do any of that if you're not there, if you haven't gathered. Um, so that's why it's so important to both be present and why this current season has been so challenging where a lot of what we've been doing has been virtual and we haven't been able to be in person like we want. And here's the third reason, the third big reason. This kind of jumps back to our passage in Colossians that we've been going through. It's that the why of why we gather, why we have services, why we do everything we do, is that we can be rooted, built up, and established in the faith. Let me read for you, uh, Hebrews, not Hebrews, Colossians 2, 6 through 7. And it says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So Paul, he's writing to Christians in this letter, and he's essentially saying this, what you've been rooted in, continue in. Therefore, then as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord. And he's talking about both the content of what they received, the content of the gospel, but also the person of Jesus. Because Christianity isn't just about believing the right facts, it's about a relationship with the living God which is why through Colossians and the other New Testament letters, Paul talks over and over about Christians are people who are in Christ. But what does it mean to, when he says, receive Christ Jesus as Lord? You know, the Lord is an important word here, because a Lord is someone that you give your ultimate allegiance and obedience to. So this is, to receive Christ Jesus as Lord is so much more than just, you know, accepting Jesus into your heart or saying, saying a, a one-time prayer. It's about a life of allegiance and obedience to our rightful king and ruler. So Paul is writing. He's saying, you know what, this church, many of you have done that. You have believed the good news, and he is your Savior and Lord. But you know what? I want to encourage you to persevere in it, continue in it. it says that you can be walking in him. Because how do you continue you know, to persevere during challenging times without succumbing to you know distraction and dissatisfaction or how do you recover when you realize that you are just over, overwhelmed by distraction and dissatisfaction i mean think about our current moment right now both inside and outside the church there's just this palpable feeling of dissatisfaction frustration restlessness discontent and irritability just in everybody you know you, you feel it you know i i feel it in myself I see it in others. Uh, And if there's ever a time though for the church to be able to stand up and model a different way, it's now. Because the Bible has all of the best answers to the problems of life. The Holy Spirit gives us the resources we need to deal with the frustration and angst that we feel. John Stott, he was an influential pastor in England during the 20th century. And uh, he would start, often start his day off with this prayer I wanna share with you. And, and the reason why I'm sharing it is because I think it's such a good prayer to help us you know, get rooted. Like, because it's, where is this? How do we start in this? Um, if we, if you, if we t- took a concerted effort to start our days off with this prayer, I really think it could totally change our spirit and how we view things. And this, this is his prayer that he would pray. He'd say, Good morning, Heavenly Father. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I worship you as a creator and sustainer of the universe. Lord Jesus, I worship you, Savior and Lord of the world. Holy Spirit, I worship you, sanctifier of the people of God. Glory to God the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I pray that I may live this day in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, I pray that this day I may take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and cause, the, and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. That of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Holy and blessed, glorious Trinity, three persons and one God. Have mercy on me. Amen. Man, if, you, if we started our day just centered in God like that, In praying that prayer, can you imagine the the change that might have in your heart if these truths start to take over? You know, God the Father, help me please you today. Lord Jesus, help me take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, fill me with the love, joy, peace, and patience that you offer. This type of prayer would help you walk in him rooted and built up in the faith. So let's just go back in closing that final question that why question, why do we gather? Why do we come together like this? Don't forget that what we are doing right now is no ordinary mundane thing, because we get to come together to worship and glorify the God of the universe, the one who loves us more than we'll ever know, the one who made a way for us to know and be known to God, with God, the one who he made a way to reconcile us to him. We gather. Because following Jesus was never meant to be a solo project. And we all have a role to play in spurring each other on to love and good deeds and encouraging each other. We gather so that we can be rooted and built up in Jesus. So that we can be confident in our faith. And so once we get that why down, then we can worry about the how. You know, how, how can we best accomplish that in this season? You know, We can do that on a lawn. We can do that in the building. We can do that in somebody's house. If we're intentional about it, we can do that online. Because the question we're trying to answer in the, you know, when what Jesus has for it isn't how can we put on a service? It's how can we glorify God and all that we do? How can we best spur each other on towards love and good deeds? How can we best encourage each other? How can we love God, love others, and make disciples? How can we do what Jesus has called us to do? Because what are we? We're the local church. We are God's hands and feet to the world. And we are people whose identity is secure as being people who are in Christ. And Paul, in the end of this, in 2.7, in he adds one more thing. And it's, how do we know that this has really taken hold in our lives? He says the true test of this and the true kind of revealing of whether this is really kind of living out in your life is thankfulness. He says, the fruit of your life of those who are rooted and built up will be one who are abounding in thanksgiving. And this word abounding is the image of a river overflowing its banks. That's what, that just thankfulness is just spilling out everywhere. So followers of Jesus, don't forget, especially now when you're going to be tempted towards dissatisfaction and angst and frustration, don't forget what you have to be thankful for. Because you have been rescued from eternity apart from God. Because Jesus died for you. You can live for him because the Holy Spirit lives in you. You can love others no matter how they respond to you because your identity is secure as being in Christ. And you can be a part of the local church so you don't have to go at it alone. That's some good news. And we can be thankful for that. So as we're going to close after this in one more song of worship to God, I just wanna leave you with three questions to think about, uh, to talk with, you know, this week or some others, and they're this. Uh, one, what are you thankful for? Secondly, who in your life could you encourage? And how can you spur, and you know, how can we spur each other on towards love and good deeds? If we figure those things out, it's gonna be a good service no matter what. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your church. I thank you that you can take all sorts of forms and help us not forget our why, why we exist, why we come together, to glorify you, to spur each other on, to love and good deeds and encourage each other, and that we can be rooted and built up in the faith. So as we move forward, I pray for our church, that we would model unity, model a love for you, and be a great witness to our community about who you are and what you've done. You might pray. Amen.